All right. Let's rock. I'm excited. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. Thank you for educating us. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. This is probably the most um, like raw educational space we've done yet. So I'm excited to see, you know, kind of how, you know, it goes as far as uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So different things that we're going to be kind of talking about today, the different kinds of wallets, what is a seed phrase versus an MPC. And if you don't know what MPC is, you're going to learn. Um, we're going to be talking about um, the Zengo wallet and how it works. And, you know, one of the biggest problems with wallets is, you know, kind of what happens if you die or become incapacitated or any number of reasons uh, where things go tragically wrong, you know, what, what are the alternatives and, you know, how you can do that. And then we're going to talk uh, little blue people, the Smurfs partnership. So crypto Kimmy, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? Good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's, let's jump in. Give us a quick kind of background intro you know, who you are and what you've been up to. Sure. So my name's Kimmy. I'm based in Tel Aviv. Um, I got into crypto a few years ago, around 2017, 18, when I was in grad school, started a little investing and stuff, and then started working in crypto a few years ago. I used to be in a blockchain gaming startup, and now I work at Zengo, where I'm a, a marketing program manager, and I'm also running the ambassador program which we call as ambassadors having a lot of fun learning about wallet security and crypto um, and i'm also joined here by my colleague ari who might jump in very cool very cool so let's let's quick start um you know like what is zengo and then even before we do that let's kind of talk you know in in relation to zengo you know what are some of the security tips i mean one of the big things that happened recently was kevin rose and was tragically lost a lot of money worth of NFTs mm -hmm. uh, and that's horrible to hear. I wish that upon nobody and it hurts my heart to see that happen to anyone. So like, you know, what are some common, common tips, maybe common misconceptions and then kind of wrap that into what is Zengo wallet and why we need it. Sure. So I think a few common tips that um, a lot of people are already familiar with is doing your own research and being aware of what you're investing in and also trying to learn about, the product you're using. I mean, most people aren't running nodes and aren't running their own code to buy crypto and stuff. They're doing it through either an exchange or a crypto wallet. And I think it's really important to be aware of the options out there. And um, most people are using seed phrases, which we can, I can uh, jump into that and tell you why it's a pretty risky way to keep your crypto, even if it's self-custodial. Um, so I would say, you know, one of the most secure things you can do is exploring alternative ways to keep your crypto like using an MPC wallet. Cool. And then let's define what, you know, what does MPC even stand for, what it is, and then how is it different than a seed phrase? Do you still need a seed phrase? Let's talk about that. Sure. So MPC stands for multi-party computation. But first, let's jump into um, the problem that this is solving for normal consumers. Let's talk about Normal people uh, have this, you know, in crypto have this mental model that the safest way to hold your money is with seed phrase, uh, seed phrase based wallet, right? Not on a centralized exchange. So do you have any idea in the past 10 years how much Bitcoin has been lost or stolen or disappeared due to either private key mismanagement, losing it, getting hacked, whatever, just Bitcoin in the last 10 years? Oh, goodness gracious. 
It, so the question is how much has been stolen? Yeah, lost or stolen because of private key mismanagement. Oh, my God. I have no clue. I don't know. A billion? It's, it's way higher than that. It's about $100 billion in the last 10 years. And that's because, you know, people, on the one hand, you have your – you think it's most secure to have your private keys, to have a self-custodial wallet where you're storing it in MetaMask or whatever, but you're, you want to keep your private keys everywhere in as many places as possible, right? So you don't lose them. So you write it in a, on Telegram to yourself, in notes on your phone, you know, write it on a piece of paper, whatever. But the more places you write it, the more likely, the more you can be exposed to hacking. And then on the other hand, if you just keep it in one place and you keep it really safe, you could also lose it. You could lose it because... Uh, you didn't, if you wrote it like on your phone or your computer, it wasn't backed up properly. I heard from someone in our Zengo community, as ambassador of ours that lost her seed phrase because she had it written down and her house was, um, hit by lightning. So she lost her seed phrase and lost all of her savings. That's why she started exploring alternative options like MPC. And then on the other hand, uh, if you don't lose your seed phrase, it can also be hacked really easily. Like we see, you know, all these bots that ask you say you know say they're from metamask or whatever that ask you to put your seed phrase and pose as customer support when they're hacking you you put in your seed phrase and then they they take your money or we have um you know people putting in their seed phrase in like a facsimile website that they think is a proper software but it's actually something hacking you people are losing billions of dollars because of their private key mismanagement it's really not a clear um, it's not it's not an easy experience for the average person who's just getting into crypto, not even a crypto newbie. You know, I'm talking about OGs here who've been in the space for a while and they're still getting hacked. They're still getting rug pulled and stuff because of issues with their private key. Right, yeah. The, you know, I've heard a bunch of stories of people keeping them in, you know, like in vaults or something and even in, you know, in third-party um, custody and things like that. I've heard of people engraving it on metal plates and um, there's there's a lot of issues there. So what is the solution? So the other alternative for you to still have a self-custodial wallet, um, for you to be the only person who can access your money is MPC, which is something called Zango Uses. I can talk about the technology in general, and then I'll uh, kind of run you through how it works with Zengo. So it stands for multi-party computation, which means multiple shares compute with each other to make a transaction. I won't get into such technicalities, but the technology has been around already since the 80s and at the institutional level. Uh, it's been around for about 10 years. Like you might have heard of Fireblocks is a, is a big company that uses it. That's B2B. They kind of offer a similar solution for uh, companies rather than average consumers. And then also Coinbase is working on an MPC wallet. And I know uh, PayPal acquired a company that um, that has MPC when they started getting into blockchain. But Zengo is the first company offering it at the consumer level just for normal people. So it's a wallet that reduced, that totally eliminates the single point of failure, which is a seed phrase. Because uh, with this multi-party computation, when you set up your wallet, it's uh, split into two shares, which we call the personal share and the remote share. And those two shares need to um, compute in order to do any transactions. So it makes it like really difficult, almost impossible for hackers to get access to both shares. 
But then because of our easy recovery process, it's also um, very easy to recover your wallet if you change your phone or something. Whereas if you had a, a seed phrase, you're pretty much screwed if you lose it or if it gets hacked. Very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. So there are, you know, and I'll, I guess another good way of describing it too is that there, another alternative would be, you know, a custodial solution, you know, sticking it on an exchange, but for people who want, you know, and recommend and believe in, you know, non-custodial options. Mm -hmm. um, this could be a good, this could be a good option as well. Yeah. Um, and that's interesting. I actually, I actually didn't realize how many other people were working on similar things at a more enterprise type level. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. With the, for custodial wallets, I mean, you know, it's a big issue. First of all, it goes against these big principles of Web3 decentralization and stuff. But we've also seen this year with FTX and Celsius and a few other companies that once you put your money in a centralized exchange, you don't know where it goes. It's totally opaque what they're doing with it. You could lose it completely. Um, and there aren't, you know, reg there isn't banking laws and regulation in place for crypto centralized exchanges like there are for banks. Because when you put your fiat in a bank, in theory, uh, let's say at least in the U.S., you know it's protected. They by law, the bank by law has to give you back your money. With crypto exchanges, it doesn't. So I do think it's important to have, uh, you know, self custody over your own money, but you have to also have a secure solution. And the UX has to be easier for for um, normal people. Like the Right now, the prediction is that about 150 million people are engaging with crypto and Web3 in some way, like have some kind of cryptocurrency or have an NFT or something. But the prediction is that by 2030 and seven years from now, a billion people are going to be somehow engaging with Web3, holding crypto, uh, buying assets and stuff in the market. The industry is just not ready for it because most wallets are not secure enough. You know, Web3 security sucks as it is right now because we see all these rug pulls and stuff happening all the time on Twitter, right? We read about it. And it's not easy also to set up a wallet. For someone that's new to crypto, it's not as easy as uh, setting up a banking app for fiat or going to the bank or something. So uh, I think it's really cool with Zengo. The app is like, it's, very, it's an easy setup process and it's really easy to use. It's very foolproof. Right. And then explain, explain to us, you know, like, what is it and how does it work? Um, okay, so the setup process is really simple. You need to, um, you log in, you do this uh, face lock, and you have your email address, and you back it up. Uh, it backs up automatically, right, to the cloud or to iCloud um, or AirDrop, or if you're on Google, to your Google Drive. And then you don't have any... Um, private keys. There's no seed phrase, right? Like in a normal crypto wallet. It's that simple. People don't even realize when they open Zango that there's no, when they open an account that there's no seed phrase. All you need is to have your device. And in order to do any transaction, uh, you have the personal share, like I talked about earlier, the personal share and the remote share need to compute together. And then you do any transaction. So it's also really easy to recover if you switch your phone or, you know, switch your device, whatever, then recovery is super easy, but it's still not hackable because we don't have that single point of failure like you have with a seed phrase. Like since Zango started, guess how many wallets have been, how many Zango wallets have been hacked since uh, 2018? 
Mm, not gonna fool me. I'm going with zero. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Zero compared to I don't even know how many of you know most seed phrase based wallets. I guess that's probably not data that those companies would put out because it's probably really high numbers because we hear about it happening all the time daily. So zero. Rephrase that. Zero people that have used Zengo wallets have lost their money due to you know like a phishing or hacking attack. Yeah. Exactly. Because we don't wow, have that is impressive. We don't have the seed phrase that gets fished or hacked, and then we also have another security feature with you know Web three transactions. We can talk also a little bit about what happened with Kevin Rose, but you know, I I even saw once uh, in December last year, like a little over a year ago, my colleague was wanted to get some NFT airdrop, and it was on a Twitter blue check account. This link he got. But that was like blue check before Elon came and stuff. I guess it worked differently then. But he clicked on it and then he was connecting with a seed for his wallet and clicked through, accept, accept, accept. And then it drained his whole wallet, which back then, like a little over a year ago, was worth $80,000. All of his NFTs were completely gone because he agreed to some shady transaction. But with Zengo, we have this Web3 firewall. It's called ClearSign that will alert you if you're about to sign a transaction, let's say, with um, a personal wallet address and not like a recognized smart contract, which is very suspicious because usually if it's like a known NFT collection or something um, or blockchain, it will be clear that it's a smart contract that you're interacting with. So with Zengo, we'll just show you red, proceed, with, you know, what you're doing is not what it seems, what the what the transaction wants you to do is fooling you and it will stop you, prevent you from letting that happen. If it's good to go, if it's a recognized uh, smart contract, then it's green and we ensure that uh, everything is safe and that you're not about to get fished. You're not about to get your assets drained or anything. So it's basically, so that, that tool we were talking about is basically like blue check for smart contracts. Yeah, basically we have this, um, it's called Zengo X, a big research and security team at Zengo. And they have this dashboard that is um, all the time monitoring for these suspicious hacks for suspicious uh, wallet addresses that are associated with all kinds of Web3 theft with uh, stealing, draining wallets, stealing NFTs, changing the you know price of your NFTs to like almost nothing to 0.001 ETH or something. So then the hacker can buy it almost for free. So yeah, it's like a blue check that shows you either good to go or not good to go or proceed with caution. Right. Gotcha. And then kind of what, you know, I've read a couple threads on it, but if, if you're comfortable talking about, you know, kind of what you saw happen with Kevin Rose's draining, you know, what happened there from your perspective? Yeah. So with Kevin Rose, um, for whoever doesn't know, he's a big NFT personality OG in the space. And he had about $2 million worth of NFTs drained from his wallet um, because the hacker got him to sign a transaction. Uh, it was actually an offline transaction, meaning there was no gas fee. It didn't happen on chain, but it got him to change the price of the NFTs to next to nothing. And then um, they were able to, to buy it for that price. Now, this is an issue that Zengo, Zengo recognized our research team recognized two weeks ago that that was a suspicious address um, and it was reported already on Etherscan a couple of weeks ago. And now um, 
with Ethereum, we actually have big news as of today. They, uh, the research team got an EIP, that's Ethereum Improvement Proposal, for a structure, a way to show that offline transactions, which is kind of a new hack, is suspicious. And if someone is, you know, let's say, okay, Kevin Rose wasn't visiting OpenSea. He was visiting some other website, but it connected to the OpenSea to change the price of the NFTs, right? So the EIP that uh, Zengo just did with Ethereum will show that whatever the person is doing is about to sign is actually suspicious and not what they intended to do. And that would make it, you know, way safer for all NFT transactions. It's really a cat and mouse game because every time, every time there's a new kind of hack, you know, our research team is, uh, is on it, is reporting on it, is trying to prevent it from happening. The new one is off-chain transactions, which is what happened to Kevin. Does that make sense? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I think there's probably a misconception that if you don't pay any gas, that you're not, you know, being exposed to a hacker. But obviously, it's clearly not true. Yeah, I mean, they're coming up with creative ways all the time to to get around the firewalls for known hacks. This is a new one. And it's, you know, I think the greater Web3 security community is working on it. And I know our team is and has been for the past couple of weeks. Right, right. Okay, and then let's move into kind of like the multi-party type, you know, I don't even know exactly how to call it, but like, you know, what is the multi-party computation, you know, like, and how does that work with other people? What do you mean, how does it work with other people? Like, if you're, trans- if you're signing a transaction with, uh, if you're sending money to someone, or? Uh, I, I meant for the account recovery, you know, how you, you can use other people, and, oh, you know, instead of, sure, sure, know, sure. It, if you have MetaMask right now, right, yeah. and you have a seed phrase-based wallet, if you know, something happens to you or somebody else needs to access it, yeah. they just take your seed phrase that you've given them. Yeah. With, you know, MPC, how does that work? Totally. So there's inheritance. Obviously, I think a lot of companies in the crypto space are thinking about inheritance. What happens if you die? Because I know, you know, with fiat money, if you have a will, I, I suppose, but I, I'm not really sure about this, but if you have a will, you die, and then your family or whoever is your inheritor can go to the bank and access the money and stuff, I think. The bank can grant access, right, because it's a centralized entity. So it's something we've also um, been thinking about and we're aware of. So with us, you can do recovery um, f- with another person. So you, when you make your account, you do this 4D face lock and then an email address and backup on whatever cloud service. So you can do that for yourself and then also have a friend, family member, trusted loved one, whoever do all of that backup with them with their face lock and another email address and another cloud backup. So if you die, they'll be able to access it. It's just a matter of, um, you know, preparing for that eventuality. If you're worried about it, it's actually quite easy as long as you've set it up in advance. Right. And I would, you know, I've personally talked to a lot of people that have, you know, said like, yeah, I'm not really sure what happens if I die. So um, that could be a good, you know, succession plan yeah. for your assets. I guess because the industry is so young. First of all, I think it's mostly young people who are like the vast majority are unlikely to die in the next several decades. And also who knows how much the technology is going to change and improve and stuff in like 30 years when all of the 20 year olds who are in crypto now, um, you know, what it's going to be like when they have millions of dollars of Bitcoin and stuff, if they've been investing now. But I think, um, 
if you're concerned with it, like with Zengo, you can do the extra backups and someone else will be able to to uh, inherit it or access the money. It's just a matter of preparing for it. Right. So currently it's using facial recognition is kind of the primary driver behind this. Is that correct? Uh, it's the three factors. So we have this 40 face lock, which is not um, – we don't record the face, an image of the face at all. It's just like a, you know, mathematical code. Uh, so, <clears throat> and Zengo has no access to that. We can't see your face. It's totally private. Like we can't, there, we don't collect or see any images of the face when we do the face lock and then an email address, which is, you know, you can set up with whatever email address you want. If you want to be more private, you can do a fake email address, you know, not your primary Gmail or whatever. And then backup also to, a cloud like iCloud, Dropbox, Drive, whatever. Very good. Okay, cool. And then what you know? What else do we need to add that people might not understand about the wallet technology? Uh, does anybody in the crowd have any questions for me? Something they didn't understand. Uh, so there was a question in the comments. I see. Sure. It's, um, if an NFT is authorized to withdraw, will the remaining asset in the wallet be at risk? Thanks. I'm not sure I understood um, the so question. I, if you want to I, withdraw an NFT. What I think, yeah, what, what I think they're asking, if an NFT is authorized to withdraw, meaning a hacker, I'm going to guess, yeah. you know, somebody hacks your wallet and withdraws the NFTs or your, you know, ERC-20s and other assets at, at risk. risk too. Okay. So to begin with, because of the, because of ClearSign, which is our Web3 firewall, which alerts you if there's any kind of suspicious transaction about to happen, it's very unlikely that your Zengo wallet is going to be hacked. Um, I don't want to say it's impossible, right? But it's highly, highly unlikely that you're going to be hacked and that you're going to give access to the um, to anything beyond what the hacker was trying to access. Like if they've tried to take the NFT, then they're not going to get access to the ETH or whatever, the Polygon still in your wallet. But um, the risk of hacking, of being hacked and using a Zengo wallet is extremely low. Wait, so say that again. So when, when a hacker authorizes your NFTs yeah. to sell and basically steals your NFTs, yeah. the DRC-20s are, are not exposed? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is that what you're okay. saying? Okay, I'm not sure I understood the question properly, but first of all, the likelihood of being hacked is next to nothing. It's extremely low with Zendo. We can start with that. Um, also, I don't know, typical hacks that I've seen, it's usually like drain your wallet of all of like one currency or all your NFTs from one collection. It's also important to note here, Zengo is multi-chain. You know, it's, you have Bitcoin, ETH, Polygon, a few others, any ERC-20 token, which makes it super convenient. I know before I started using Zengo years ago, I had a different wallet for each currency, which was super annoying and hard to keep track of. Um, but the hacker, I, I, this question is not really, it's not super relevant for Zengo because you're not going to get hacked in the first place. Are very unlikely to, let's say. Cool. And then the other one was how to check a contract. How can you find out if it does not cause a wallet to be hacked? I think they're asking how do you know if a if it's contract safe. is safe or not. Okay. We have uh, whenever you do a transaction, so with this clear sign, and you can check it out. I can also post um, in the comments here afterwards if someone wants to look at screenshots. But if you're safe, if it's good to go, it will be green like a stoplight and allow you within the app to proceed so it's very it's kind of very intuitive and user-friendly which is pretty true for like any experience you have using the zengo app it's really important to us and to our product team that 
you know, an average person who just has a little interest in crypto can use it without, without any issues. Right. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Unless you've got, if you've got anything else to add on, you know, the kind of wallet and technology, go ahead. And if not, let's move on to, to the Smurfs and what's going on with that. Um, sure, we can move on to the Smurfs. If other people have questions, by the way, feel free to DM me later or comment um, on the tweet, on the link. Cool. So I, I think we're good there. Yeah. So let's move on to the Smurfs partnership and kind of talk about, you know, like what that is, what happened, and what's going on. Sure. So with the Smurfs, it's a major uh, household name. I think everybody is familiar with it. A big Web2 brand and they're launching their first on-chain experience, this NFT game, uh, which is really cute. So, <clears throat> sorry, we were selected as their official wallet partner, which is really exciting. You know, a big um, a big achievement for Zengo because the Smurfs in launching their game are trying, are inviting people into crypto and Web3 that are not uh, crypto native and Zengo is selected because our interface is really easy to use and also safe for people who are just starting to wade into the um, into the Web3 space. So we're the wallet partner for for the game and all Zengo users also got early access to the game and got a free NFT drop of the Smurfette statue, which is pretty cool. Those are pretty cool. R- real quick, let's take a little bit of a, a diversion, a sidetrack here. We've got sure. uh, DeFi Fury. How's it going? Can you hear us? And what's your question? Hi, everyone. Hi. Yeah, uh, I have two questions, basically. Um, the first one is about, um, I went through the um, the official website of, of Zengu, and I read where um, um, the private key of a, of a user is actually splitted into two. One is on Zengu's server, while one uh-huh. is being um, encrypted on a person's uh-huh. uh, device. So I would like to know, don't you think as a Web3 um, company, as a Web3 wallet, shouldn't yeah. decentralization be 100% given to the user? Uh-huh. Why stop privacy on Zengo server, whereby we never can tell tomorrow there can be hacks? Yeah. 100% foolproof system out there. Even platform you feel might not be hacked are actually getting hacked lately. So why why should there be a um, private key, a copy of a private key on Zengo server? That's the first question. Uh-huh. Okay. My- okay, let me answer that first, and then we'll hop to the next question. All right, all right. Okay, so first of all, it's a great question, super interesting. Let's begin with this. It's not a private key that's created because of MPC, multi-party computation. When you create an account, it's split into shares. Those aren't private keys, but it's two separate shares, not the same thing as um, private keys. And great question about decentralization. So you have the personal share on your phone and the remote share. Those two together, um, when they compute, is when you do any transaction. So in order to trigger any transaction to approve and move and proceed with anything, it can only be done from you with your private share, not with the uh, with a personal share and not with the remote share. They just have to compute together. Now, it's a great question about uh, decentralization. I will say Zengo cannot access the uh, remote share and it can't do anything with it because of the nature of MPC. Those two shares need to compute together to do anything. So 
just the remote share on its own, half of it, half of your account is useless. That's also goes back to the no um, single point of failure because you need the two shares to be together. So it's on Zengo servers, but only when you want to do a transaction with your personal share can you do anything. And if someone does hack our servers, by the way, uh, which has never happened, but if it were to happen, they couldn't do anything because they don't have both shares. They only have half of it. So it's actually extremely safe. And we find that it's a very good solution um, for you know 99% of the general crypto community who want to hold money, want to be in charge of it, know that they're the only people that can do anything about it, but also want a really secure solution. Because like we went over in the beginning, MPC, uh, sorry, seed phrases is definitely not the safest way to go. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, cool. Thanks for trying that question. So um, I guess I can move on to my second question right away. Sure. Yeah, so um, I also read on the um, website that you the company actually do regular audits. And I discovered that the recent one was done in October 2022. Mm-hmm. So um, the audit that is being done, does it cover the entire infrastructure or the web wallet alone? I mean, the mobile um, wallet. And then um, I didn't come across any information from uh, about the audit firms. I mean, the companies that actually does um, Zengo audits. You know, it's one thing to say you are doing audit for a Web3 mm-hmm. company. It's another thing to know how solid the company that is doing the audit is. You know, anybody can just conduct you know, an auditing firm so I would like to know if there are, there are links to actually read more about the auditing firms that actually does um, audit for Zengo wallets. Yeah, sure. So great question. First of all, I can put a few links if you want after in the comments um, of this space, if you want to read more about the audits and what we do. We also have a huge open source MPC library. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's one of the biggest ones in the world. You can read our um, a lot of our code on GitHub and the audits are done by a big, um, you know, by internationally recognized auditing companies to make sure everything is in order. Um, and our open source MPC library is kind of part of our DNA of improving the security of the, the atmosphere of the general Web3 security environment, making it safe for everyone, making it open to developers who want to create similar things to improve security in the space in general. Actually, our CTO spent three decades in cybersecurity before moving to crypto. So that's really part of his DNA and has become part of the company's DNA. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. So uh, I'm done for now. Cool. Thanks for asking. Cool. Thanks. And then uh, I am Web3 Maxi. How's it going? And what's your question? You're on mute, so you got to unmute yourself first. Hello, Chris. Hello, everyone. Okay. Hey. I'm happy to be in this space again. Okay. This is the second time I'm in this space with Chris, and Chris is a really great guy. He's been doing well, man. Okay. So, my question is just two questions. I'm going to ask it together, and then I'm going to mute myself. Okay. Then I hear what you have to say. So the first one is there are a lot of Web3 wallets out there, okay? So me, if I want to tell my community about, like, I want to introduce Zengo to my community, so what are the features that actually differentiate you from all the other Web3 wallets? Then the second question, 
goes to if I actually have, I'm going to go ahead and use it, $2 million of NFT in my Zengo wallet. And maybe I wrote it down in a book for safekeeping and I my house got caught on fire or something like that. Then I lost the phrase. So is there any source to get back my seed phrase to open my wallet? That's all my question. Thank you. Good question. Thanks for asking. I'm not sure you were here in the beginning, but I went over it a little bit. Um, first of all, there is no seed phrase vulnerability with Zango. You know, the normal mental model we have in crypto is that, or people have, not me, is that seed phrase is the way to go. That's how you're self-custodial. But actually with Zango, we use something called MPC, multi-party computation, and it's totally different from seed phrases. It's a different way to keep your assets much more secure without the single point of failure vulnerability and without uh, seed phrase vulnerability. So the big distinguishing thing, if you want to tell your friends about Zengo, is that they can open a wallet. It's easy to set up and there's no seed phrase vulnerability. And the second big um, important feature that you can tell your friends about Zengo is that there's this Web3 firewall that shows you when a transaction is suspicious, meaning you're about to sign something to get your, that might drain your wallet or something. And then the second question about uh, if you've kept your seed phrase in your house and lost it. So it's just not relevant for Zengo because we don't have seed phrases and we have a super easy recovery process. When you set up your account, you just do this 40 face lock and then back it up with your email address and the cloud. So even if you switch your phone or lose your phone, it's very, very easy to set back up. So that kind of, that recovery process is um you know, major differentiator against other self-custodial wallets in the industry. I hope that answers your questions. You can also DM me if you have more later, and I can send you articles about it. Okay, thank you very much. And I was not actually here in the beginning, bro. That's cool. Then I just saw your wallet, so it's all the same thing. But this is different. Thank you very much. My pleasure. All right, very good, very good. Um, if, yeah, if anyone else has any questions, just request. Um, and then if not, let's kind of switch back over to Smurfs. So Zengo partnered with the Smurfs and offered them a uh, an NFT that basically gets you started in the game. And can we take over? Wait, Chris, did you play the Smurf game at all? Have you mixed any potions? I did, <laughs> I did. I haven't had a lot of luck on the potions. Yeah. Uh, so it's a bit frustrating, <laughs> I'll, I'll, but uh, I did play. I'll be honest, I actually haven't had any, I haven't successfully mixed a potion yet, though I've been trying a bunch, but I guess it's a little bit of a challenging game. But yeah, it was just a big, um, you know, big achievement for Zengo. We're really uh, proud that we were selected as their official launch partner because it shows how, we're a really good solution for people who are new to Web3, who are just getting into crypto. And it's also, we just um, launched our partnership with Polygon. So we support Matic now also, which is really exciting. Um, it's exciting, first of all, to be a multi-chain wallet. You know, you don't have to switch between different wallets to hold different currencies. But with Matic and Polygon, so many of the big... Uh, classic companies, you know, Web2 players are starting their foray into blockchain with Polygon and we'll be able to support all of that. So we have a 
a few more exciting partnerships coming up. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, the the Smurfs project is one that I've watched closely and was really excited about. I think it's super cool for a couple of reasons. Um, and one, you need to get the uh, if you if you're not having any success on mixing the potions, you got to find the Excel like the Google Sheet cheat sheet, um, which I think are in their Discord. So you got to you got to find some. Of oh those. yeah, you, you um, and then yeah. Digging. <laughs> And then, yeah, it's, it's super interesting watching them and seeing how people have onboarded. And I'm curious if, if you have this data or can talk about it. You know, did, did it lead to more, you know, Zengo downloads? Like, you know, from a business side, are you able to share any of that? Um, I don't, I'm not sure I can share the specific numbers, but I know we had a big surge, first of all, of uh, Zengo downloads for people that are new to crypto completely and, um, download Zengo so they could play this Smurfs game and get a little taste of NFTs and Web3s. And then we also saw a big peak in um, Zengo wallets doing um, Web3 transaction for the first time, like engaging with NFT games and stuff and not just buying uh, cryptocurrencies. Yeah, the, the, the first part was what I was actually most interested in is, you know, how how are games onboarding people? You know, there's been a narrative around web three gaming is going to bring everyone on board and yeah. it hasn't happened quite yet, but yeah, um, I used to, I used to work in a blockchain gaming company um, and I've been watching the market and I invested like a year and a half ago in a lot of gaming tokens and stuff, but it, it's very interesting. I think that the web three gaming industry is still pretty young, still pretty immature. There's, um, there's kind of a disconnect between game design and making a fun game experience and then the blockchain experience. Like you need people on the team who are gamers and game designers and then others who are blockchain and Web3 experts. And I think that not so many companies and games have that, have found that balance and made really successful um, blockchain games yet. And then there's also all the issues with the game economy and game tokens and stuff, which we've seen them like pump and dump and go up and down and stuff. Right, right. Um, and I, I saw another question down below. It says, is there a site or resource to find out if the contract is dangerous by placing a contract in it? And the first question I meant when there is a high risk NFT in the wallet. Thanks again. Um, so I, I guess is there a resource to find out if a contract is dangerous by placing the address in it? Um, I think that you can search it on either scan. I know that our Zengo X, our research team, reported, for example, the wallet address associated with the Kevin Rose hack to either scan a few weeks ago. And when you search it there, it shows up as red and it says it's a known hack. Or if it's not on a Ethereum, if it's on Polygon or whatever other chain, you just do it on the blockchain scanner. But I know that we work together with uh, Ethereum to report the, with either scan to report it and, and um, make it public information. Gotcha. Yeah. And then um, there's an app called uh, DeFi Yield app is also working on um, an, a product where you can just input a contract address and it'll give you basically a security score. Um, so I'll, I'll put that down in the comments below too. So, cool. Um, well, cool. Uh, so th this has been fun. If there's no more questions, um, can we wrap us up here and kind of tell us if, if there's anything else that we need to know or 
any uh any good mojo or alpha you want to drop? <laughs> um, go ahead. Well, any alpha you want to drop? I know we have a bunch of exciting security announcements coming up because our security team is super strong, illustrious. I'll say even. Um, so stay tuned, keep watching Zango because we have a few really exciting things coming up. And a little message I want to leave with the community, with our listeners, is just keep in mind there are alternatives to seed phrases. There are safer ways to store your crypto. The main one that I know of and that I'm uh, sure of is MPC. So check it out. Awesome. Very cool. Well, Kimmy, thank you so much. Um, And then remind everyone where they can find you and keep in contact with you and Zenga. Sure. So my Twitter account, you can see here, you can always DM me. I also um, run the community ambassador program called Zambassadors. So if people are interested in joining that, it's really fun. We have a private Discord channel. Um, Sometimes we share alpha. We do community calls, educational briefs. We also do giveaways. Um, We gave away SBTs to everyone who was in our last security brief two weeks ago. Uh, So if you're interested in joining that, hit me up. If you have more questions about Zengo, you can DM me and um, we'll try to answer all your questions. Very cool. Awesome. Well, Kimmy, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, And to everyone, everyone who tuned in and asked questions and participated, thank you guys very much as well. And if you're catching us on replay, oh, sorry, what did you say? Okay. Well, (laughs) uh, so like I said, thank you everyone, especially thank you, Kimmy and Zengo and We'll wrap it down here. So thanks for tuning in. Until next time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Bye.